wanna build a snowman. It doesn't have to be a snowman. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. Uh, yeah, we, I think we'll be able to build a snowman today, the way it's starting to come down. And as it came down overnight, um, my trip here on the Deerfoot wasn't too, too bad, but definitely once you get to the shoulders, you're hitting the slush. And with this heavy snow that's coming, so just if you have anything to do, be careful out there. But this is, uh, we're going to be optimistic. This is actually usually a good moisture type snow, so shovel it around any of your newly planted trees or or even any of your existing trees, put them in around the root, the drip, the, uh, the drip zone, sort of on the outer branches of your trees. Just do some snow farming and uh, try and take advantage of this, this moisture, get it into the ground, which would be great. And uh, if you'd like to give me a shout, phone lines are going to be wide open right now. You can call me at 403-974-8255. Or from out of town, 1-800-563-7770. And those are the talk and text lines. But this is this temperature is it's actually kind of good. It cools everything off, gets the trees dormant, gets some moisture into the ground. Because after this weekend, the weather looks pretty decent for, for most of October. Like the long term looks pretty good. So we can head into fall and get uh, planting our garlic. You can plant all your fall bulbs, all your tulips your daffodils and hyacinths, all those fun bulbs that you see in the springtime. Now is the perfect time to, to do that. And I know we still have a really good selection of, uh, of bulbs in stock and ready to go. So it's a, it's a perfect time to do that. I've already got quite a few texts on the go. So um, again, if you'd like to give me a show, you can do that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a couple texts. It just says, it says, hi. Um, what does it say here? It's Doug and Jeannie, and they're in snowbound Lethbridge. Got this pick before the weather change. And it looks like they got, um, what does it say here? Could it be a disease? They got yellow spots started to come in the spring and increased level in the past few weeks. I would say it's right along the corner. I would say it's like when dogs are walking by on the sidewalk, they sort of stop and, and are using your spot to, uh, to pee, or it, it could also be that cinch bug. Um, it, it looks like you might have some of that the way when I opened it up a little bit further. It definitely could be just the, the cinch. So what I would do is try and um, get some, some fertilizer onto that and and uh, see if you can get that growing through it. There is a product called Pure Spray Green that you can do a soil drench with. This weather will, will help eliminate them right away and uh, and help get rid of them because uh, they don't like it when it's this cold. So don't don't be afraid to uh, give it a bit of fertilizer, brush that out, and, uh, and just go over with a rake and see if you have any um, bugs in there. You'll sort of dig down into the root and see if you can see anything down into there. And we just got a new text thing, so I'm just figuring it out. So I should be good. It looks fairly simple, so I should be okay. And uh, and Brian's got my back on this, so if we get really confused, he'll be able to help me out. But it looks pretty, pretty, pretty useful. Pretty, pretty easy going. So, anyways, hopefully that works, Doug. Um, just, uh, it, but it does look like there's a bit of. Oh, because right on the corner like that, like it, it does look like possibility of you have a little bit of thing of the dog thing. And I think in Lethbridge, you can get the dog spot prevent um, at most of the garden centers. It's part of the Evolve product. And you can definitely apply that 
at this time. And because over the winter time, you kind of, I like to give it a heavier dose in the winter time just because this typically it's a longer period of time before it gets it. And there's a lot of urine stains and that and, and dead patches over the winter time. And you can, if you combine that with our green it up fertilizer, you'll have a phenomenal lawn. And right now is a great time to, uh, to apply the, your last fertilizer for the season, apply your green it up fertilizer and any of your lawn fertilizers for the most part. If you, if you're using something else right now is a good time in fall, but again, recommending something with a higher middle number and you will see a big, big difference. Let's go to the phone line. I'm going to have a lot of these calls, so I'm going to uh, take Donna right off the bat. Good morning, Donna. Oh, good morning, Merle. How are you? Oh, I'm uh, okay, I guess, considering yeah. the snow and everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, you got to be optimistic. It's a good day to sit inside and just watch the snow go and, and enjoy it. Yeah. How can I help you? Well, I, I'm calling about my, I have actually three bristlecone pines, and I had a an estimate done for um, tree pruning, and I also asked the fellow about about my bristlecone pine because it was looking kind of like it was dying. But anyway, when he looked at it, he said that the tree was fine, but then he said, or the bristlecone pine was fine, but he said I have scale on it. And is there little white dots on the needles? Is that what it is? Yes, and and. Um, that's what I was phoning about because how do you tell the difference between scale and those white was it, dots? Was it our guys from Prune It Up or another? No, okay. no, it was another. Yeah, I, I just, because otherwise I'd talk to, to Mark. What it is, it, that's a natural crystallization. That's not scale on your bristlecone. Well, that's what I was wondering. It's just a, they emit the, a, a sort of a sweat, like a sugar out of their sap, out mm-hmm. of their needles, and then that just dries. If you look at all bristlecones, they'll have that for the most part. Yeah. And right now, a lot of the bristlecones, the bigger pines, you're seeing they're starting to shed some needles in the middle. They go yellow in the middle. And that's really normal. So if anybody else, if you're out there looking at your spruce or pines and you're seeing yellow just in the middle, it, it does look, it looks worse on the pines, um, but it's it's a natural process that they do. So don't be too alarmed. Yeah, if you okay. start seeing it on the outside. So all you can do there, Donna, you just, just give it a really good hose down and make sure you're fertilizing that bristlecone like with a 30-10-10. 30, okay. And I haven't been doing that, so... Yeah, and uh, and on the other pruning, like I said, depending on what you're getting done, and just uh, try to make sure you're using a certified ISA arborist. And like I said, if you want a second opinion, you can give Mark a call from from the Prune It Up guys, and they'll he'll come out and do a yeah. A free I estimate. was I was going to consider that too, but I was kind of like shocked when I heard that. Yeah, then. no, it's it's, it's sometimes. Um, and and that's one thing on bristlecone. It does. It depends. And when we get the heat and a bit of extra moisture, they do sweat out their their sugar, and then it just sweats on the needles, and you'll see the white crystallization. So it's mm-hmm. a pretty normal process on those. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I noticed like that they do get that white. Yep. A scale, on them, but I thought, how yeah. do you tell the difference, though? <laughs> and a scale really typically isn't on the needle. It'll be more on the branches and on the on the bark. So, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this is right on the needles, right yeah, on the end. Yeah, typically you don't see them. There's not enough there for a lot of times for the for the scale to stick on those. They'll they'll do sometimes the odd one, but for the most part they go after the bigger the bigger catch. They go after the new branches and they go right on the main main like on the where the needles connect right on the branch. Oh, 
okay, okay. Yeah, this <clears> is on the tips that yeah. I noticed. So. No, you'll see a fair <laughs> okay. bit of that. That's it, Like I said, it's fairly normal. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. All right, thanks, okay. Donna. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's, uh, and again, one thing I'm really going to try and push again is just so we can get our trees nice and healthy. And because when they, when they are suffering <clears throat> with lack of water, lack of food, the, the pests really go after them. They set off a, a, a aroma almost that they're in, they're in stress. And then the bugs and everything else tend to go after them. So you really want to ensure that that's not happening. And I got a picture from, uh, from George down in Lethbridge as well. Looks a little nasty down there too. Like they got lots of snow. Looks like a little bit more than us so far. So, but uh, we're uh, we're not far behind, and it looks like we're going to catch up to them today. Hopefully, not too much. I know down south they're talking about um, up to seventy centimeters, which is a lot. But right now, I'm going to go to the phone line and chat with John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. <clears throat> How are you today? If you if you just shoveled a hundred feet of uh, of snow, how would you feel? Eh? Exactly, exactly. I'm taking a rest. You sh- well deserved. All done, awesome. Yeah. I mean, you have a big lot. You're on the corner. Uh, yeah, but I only have sidewalk in the front. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're, lucky. you're lucky there. Lucky that way, but I got a lot out the back. Anywho, the uh, all that foliage that I take off my uh, plants and all that. I just kind of threw it out to let it uh, air dry and maybe that. But should I have uh, piled it up and or how is the best to uh, look after it for composting? Um, yeah, actually, you need to start piling it up there, John. Like, put it right into your, Do you have a compost pile already? Uh, other than the green bin, I have uh, one of those black round ones, yeah. Yeah, so you can just start feeding it into the top, and then they get the nice compost out the bottom. So yeah. you can start feeding that foliage into there. But don't clean up really, really too, too much as well. Remember just to leave some stuff on your on your perennials and and some of your other things just to help protect it over the wintertime. So. Oh, I have done what you suggested. Uh, Procrastinate? Spring. It was kind of hard on my raspberries. I should have maybe tied them up. Yeah, but don't be afraid. You can just cut them back a bit. Like if they're really tall and wonky on you, just take the top third of them off. Oh. Yeah, that'll help thicken it up. And that just take the top third off and it'll thicken up. Oh, okay. All right. And my uh, autumn charm, they kind of got hit a little bit. The ones out front. Yeah, just again, just if they get wonky on you, just, just cut those back a bit. Oh, okay. And the bees and I had butterflies now. Yeah, no, I know. I've seen a bunch of butterflies last week, which I was really impressed with. So, yes, yeah. Okay, so I guess that's about it. Oh, the fertilizing. Can I just spread that on the snow? Or well, you could, but if, even if you wait, it's it's not going to last too long. I don't think. I think this week looks pretty warm again. It's supposed to get up to ten, fifteen degrees. Um, there's no sense trying to go through the snow. Just just wait till it till the snow is melted and and then go and uh, and fertilize. But if you do it in the snow, it's easy to track where you've been. You can see your track, so you know exactly that you got good coverage. So, oh <laughs> right, okay. There's a story about the tracks. So we'll leave that till next time. Yeah, exactly. Earl, thank you very much. All great right, show, and you're a great support. Thank you so much, John. Enjoy. Thank you. Oh well, bye Bye-bye. now. Bye bye. Yeah, it's uh, 
it is, uh, in one ways, it's good to get the, the fertilizer in it. But really what you're doing right now is when you're going to fertilize this fall, we get all of October for it to get work its way down into the ground. And then that way it's there early spring. And then you're going to be able to just take off like crazy. And I got uh, I got a nice text. It says, good morning, Merle. I bought these from your store and they look amazing, and it's a a purple bouquet of of tulips. Like, I I really want to get out and uh, and plant a bunch of tulips in my yard. I haven't planted bulbs for a while. I know, and we still have the Canada one fifty ones. If you're looking for those, and then we also have uh, there's a another celebration one out there, and I can't remember the name of it right now. But there's a another batch of of tulips out there that are, I think they're the ones that were donated from Holland. I'll find out the name before the end of the show and uh, I'll post that. I know I sent uh, a Zoe, our buyer, I sent her a note on those to make sure we had those, but we'll have those in stock as well. So, but that, if you're going to plant bulbs right now is a good time. You look out, look for your nice sunny spot that you want to put them in the warmest spot in your yard. So next spring they come up, gives you that early batch of color and then, and then that way, if you put them too much in the shade, they're going to end up coming up too late. And then they compete with your other perennials and your annuals and all that. So it makes it a little bit tougher to do that. So I would definitely try and just do it a little bit later on. And that's from George. And here we go. Okay. Oh, that's a different political guy. I'm not going to talk about him. It says, hi, Merle. Should I apply my fall fertilizer to my newly planted columnar Colorado spruce? Large caliper planted in June. If so, when and what fertilizer numbers? Also, when is the best time to plant the wilt or apply the wilt proof? Um, you can apply wilt proof. I would do it in mid-October here on one of those warmer days when it's above plus 10. You can hit it with the, with uh, that and give it a good sealant. And wilt proof, for anybody who doesn't know, it is the lip balm for all your tender evergreens. And uh, it, it really works quite well. This helps with winter desiccation. And for fertilizing your spruce tree, um, and just wait. If you're if you're doing it in October, you'll be fine. You can add like a thirty ten ten into that um, for next spring, and uh, and that way the the nourishment will be there. Or you could hit it again with your ten fifty two ten first of all, and for the roots. Also, Rage Plus is a good one for next spring to hit it with that, and really try to focus on. If you did a caliper one. I know that the roots are fairly, they, they dig them. I know if you got it from us, our, our root balls are a little bit bigger than a lot of the other ones. Um, so that way we ensure that they have uh, less stress. And when they transplant, they're able to just take off like crazy. And uh, and that's important. Sometimes I've seen some guys, they dig in the fall. And I see the guy sometimes on the side of the road with those spruce trees. And he just sort of dug them out of the forest. And I find that probably only about 50% of those ever survive. So I know you get them cheap, but um, your your time and your effort is worth a fair bit of uh, of turns as well. Well, I'm going to take a break. I get a few callers on the line after the break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center. We are Calgary's trusted full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And speaking of pruning, at the end of this month, at the end of September, we can get back in there and uh, look after your elm trees 
And as elms can only be pruned um, sort of from October 1st, I think, until April 1st, sort of in that time frame. And, uh, and just to save from the, the beach bo- or the, the elm, the Dutch elm disease, so they, they, we don't allow, and the city doesn't allow any pruning of elm trees in between that, the summertime. And uh, so, and this type of snow is, uh, is very somewhat dangerous to your elm trees. So if you're able to get out there and shake them off a bit, just be careful. And if we do get the heavier snow, and hopefully we don't have another snow timber, but if you're able to get out there and give your trees a bit of a shake, um, don't hesitate even before it gets really bad. Like right now, if it's built up a little bit, go out there and give it a little shot and, uh, and, and shake them off a bit just throughout the day a couple times just so it doesn't get really, really bad. And, uh, and you're able to uh, help prevent that. And again, shovel that snow around the drip line of all your trees and uh, they'll appreciate the extra moisture. Right now, I'm going to go to the phone line and chat with Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Marlon. How you doing? Good, good. How's things out there? Well, it'd be an awesome haunted house in our backyard because we have about 60 giant uh, sunflowers. Okay, nice. Yeah, so they're laying all over the place right now. <laughs> so you got to lay, that's where you just lay sheets on top of them, eh? Yeah, for the wind, when you get closer to Halloween. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I got a quick question. Reva and I took advantage of the tree sale. Yeah. And I've got about 19 trees. I didn't get in the ground. They're still yep. in the pots. Perfect. Yep. So I put them into the heated shop. Yep. Or should I leave them outside? Because I, I know the weather's going to change here again. I would leave them outside because you want them to start going dormant. Okay. And then uh, you just don't want to trip them into thinking that it, it's too warm again, and then they, they'll send out new growth. And okay. So, yep, so you want them to start going dormant. Fall is the best time because the tree goes dormant, get into the ground, and the ground's still warm enough. It gets in there, get the roots going a bit, get it rooted in, yeah. and uh, and you're good to go. Just ensure that it gets watered in really good, Brian, and also a mulch over it, and then water again, and water the mulch really good just to get that that uh, moisture sealed in there for the winter time, especially when you are, it's hard to drag water out later on. Once you get into the winter, I know it's a little bit tougher. Yeah, you bet. I got to, I got to unhook from the hydrants, right? So. Yeah. So just uh, try and ensure that you can get that water sealed and get it good frozen in over throughout October and you'll be, uh, you should be great. So fantastic. All right, Brian, good luck. Thanks. Thanks buddy. Bye-bye. Yeah. Always good to hear from Brian, and uh, he's always got something on the go out there on his place, him and, and Riva, Las Vegas. And I'm just going to scroll down. Man, the text has been coming in like crazy. I just got to find where I'm at. And here we are. Go up a couple more. Sorry. I'm, uh, uh, and I, again, another one about the spruce. So I'm just going to take another call, and I'll line up some text and go over it. And I'm going to go to Barbara right now. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, I finished shoveling the snow this morning. Oh, I know, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm on a corner lot, so thank God that's done. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to follow up with the guy that you just had, Brian. Yeah. I bought a bunch of trees, too. And and what I did was I bought some a Swedish aspen. Yeah. Or, yeah. Perfect. The, the columnar. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing a little bit of study, and one of the things is that they do a lot of, um, uh, um, they're kind of invasive. Um, they are not. Hey, actually, Barbara, I'm just going to put you on hold, and then right after the break, I'll get back to you, because then we can go over this thoroughly, okay? Okay. Awesome. All right, I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
back to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, thanks to Brian, he's finding all our, our snow tunes. It's a little too early for snow tunes, but uh, Brian's been digging all week to uh, to bring us and line up all the snow tunes for us. So um, I guess we got to go with it. If we look outside, that's how it is. Let's go to the phone line and chat with Marty. Good morning, Marty. Hi, Merle. Thanks for taking my call. Good. Hey, oh. so, yeah, actually, I will do you real quick, and then I forgot I had Barbara on. on <laughs> yes, I thought so. uh, I'll be really quick. Well, no we worries. talked about it earlier, and we have the pruned up guys coming on Thursday to prune okay. our yard. Uh, we have a Schubert trope cherry tree that's getting fairly um, thick right now, accumulated yep. with snow. I heard you say earlier, shake it off. Can yep. I use a water hose on that? Um, no, I would probably, if you can try and reach up a bit and just give it a, like a, just a knock with a broom or something. Okay. It, with this heavy snow, if you get too much water, it almost works like a sponge. Unless you have a good saw like a pressure like if you have a really good uni nozzle where you can get up there and do it but if you're just applying water sometimes it'll just make it heavier you know okay no i appreciate that yeah so but absolutely now's a good time to uh if you give it a little shake get okay. that snow off perfect good. thanks a lot thanks marty bye bye and i'm gonna go up to barbara i apologize good morning barbara sorry about that that's all good oh I got ex- got all I just so went to the, excited about I seen the much. next check mark, eh? So I just because uh, when you're on hold, you're a square. And no offense, but then if you're up next, you're a check mark. So I just went to the flashy. I'm all about, about I have ADD, so it's the flashy, they little shirt, shiny oh, okay. thing. So there you go. <laughs> oh so, God! All right. So, so we were talking about planting the columnar aspens. Well. The, the deal is I don't want to, they're for another property that I have, yep. so I've got them stored in a really sheltered area. Mm-hmm. I've built up some, I can't put them in the ground. Okay, till um, next year? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I've built up an area around them. I'm hoping that I can mulch them, like put a bunch of leaves and Absolutely. stuff around just them. Absolutely, just make sure you continue to water it once a week, just to make sure that the ball doesn't dry out. Okay. Like, that's the biggest thing. And then just pile snow. Put them in a shady spot, like up yep. against the fence or beside the garage. But just ensure that you just pile a bunch of leaves, water them in. Just don't get them too wet right now because it's going to warm up this week, right? So just continue to water them normally sort of once a week just so it doesn't dry out. Perfect. And put them in the shade. But then once you get into mid to the end of October, we get closer to the full freezing and then cover them up and then freeze them in. Cover them up with what? Like leaves or okay, or, okay. or su- uh, straw bales or something like that, just around okay. it, try to try and build that shelter around the root ball. Cool. Um, if you even some people have dug them into the ground into with the pot, and then just bury the pot a bit, and then you can just pull them out in the spring too. Okay, and I can't get them in because I've got so much. So then my next question was the invasiveness of the Swedish aspen. Actually, and they're not as bad. Like the tower poplar, and sometimes people confuse the tower poplar with the columnar aspen. If it's planted correctly, the columnar aspen really isn't that invasive. It doesn't send up tons of suckers as long as they're watered properly and planted at the right level. Okay, so that's... And, you know, I I wanted to use them as a windbreak. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, and how many are you going to put in a row? Five. Okay, yeah, no, they work great for that. And like I said, as long as you plant them in, put mulch over top, water them well. And and typically, I, I you very rarely see, like they will suck here and there, but typically if they're not getting enough water is when they start doing that. Or just when they get, like, just really run out of room if they're too tight together. So yeah. I, I like to do sort of that four or five feet apart sort of thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then even if you do a row, if you're doing the wind, do a row of nine barks or something in front of them. Because then they get that five, six feet high, and then you just create a really nice windbreak. So, Perfect. Thank you right. very, yep, thank you very kindly. All right. Thanks, Barbara. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
All right. And I'm going to do a couple texts. How to prepare raspberry bushes for more fruits next season. What to cut out and and how apart should they be? Thank you, as always. Great show. Um, basically, I'd like to plant them again two to three feet apart. And they, they are fairly invasive. They will thicken up. And what you do is at this time of year or early spring, you remove the gray wood. And you know, when you see the two different colors of wood, you'll know that this year's wood will be green and last year's wood will be sort of gray-brown. Remove the older brown stuff and then leave last this year's wood on. And if you do that every year, it'll help thin it out and you should get really good, good crops of raspberries. And uh, there is nothing better than great raspberries, so... Um, good luck with that. And watermen, well, and they do like to be fed. If you do feed them, you will produce and get a lot more in return. 153015 is a great fertilizer for all your flowering and your fruit-bearing shrubs. And, uh, and that way, if you give them a little, they'll give you a lot in return. So, so don't be afraid to, uh, to fertilize them and, and, and do that kind of thing. All right. And I got another one. Hey, hello. When you said cut off one third of the raspberry, did you mean of the new green ones that grew this year? Um, yes, you can do that on the top because if they get really long and wanky on you, um, a lot of times they have <clears throat> maybe had a bit too much nitrogen in the soil and they get long and leggy. So just take a third off and that'll help thicken up next spring. Um, more of the growth can go into producing fruit and not trying to fulfill all that foliage all the way up to the top. So just take a third off. That'll help thicken them up and then you'll still get lots of fruit. And again, uh, Marilyn, just uh, ensure that you're feeding those and give those uh, a shot of the 15, 30, 15, and you, you should uh, be rewarded with some great fruit. I'm getting lots of pictures out here <clears throat> as well. Printed up was scheduled to do some trimming out here in Oak Stokes. Is that going to happen out here in Oak tomorrow? Um, I'm typically, they should be, but it depends how bad it gets here. And, uh, I know Mark doesn't like to shut the crew down, but it always depends on safety and, uh, and, and what's right for the crew. So, uh, I know Mark's in early and if they're not going to be coming out, he will definitely be in touch. So I will, uh, I'm, I'm ensuring that. And, uh, Mark usually does not let me down on that. So you should be in good hands right now. I'm going to go to Kim and we're going to talk some garlic. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. I'm the garlic queen again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I think I learn, right? Oh, but no. um, I just know, well, obviously the moisture is good for the ground and good yep. for what I should have planted a couple weeks ago, but I'm I'm late, as many people are. So, but actually, um, not really, Kim, because right now, like, again, in September, on a lot of your bulbs, I like to just to get all my bulbs in place, buy the ones I want, because a lot of times the good the good varieties get sold yeah. out quick, especially in the garlic. First come, first serve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and we got a really good selection of garlic right now, but really, October is the pr- the, the proper time, because it's the ground, you just don't want to put them into the ground when it's too warm, because then yeah. it, it, it encourages it's a bit of growth. Yeah. Messages, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um... I've had previous where I've had garlic cloves that I planted go like mush. Okay. So my question is, how does one prevent themselves from having that happen again? Obviously, you go double the depth, double the width. When yep. you're planting your yep. little hole. just down into the ground, and yep. and, and just make ensuring that it's not too 
too rich of soil. Like, you don't want to add a whole bunch of compost. Garlic can grow in just good loam. You just don't want to put it in, like, a really a whole bunch of compost and stuff right, like that. Right, right. Well, stand based north of Strathmore. Yeah, you should be perfect. And just okay. ensure that it's not, like I said, don't do it too early and just ensure that it's not too wet. Okay. Okay. Um, one other question sure. since I've got you on the line. Um, I know last week you talked about um, snowberry being a beautiful shrub. Yeah. Well, I have snowberry galore, and I'm trying to get rid of it. So if somebody wants snowberry, they, by all means, can give me a call at um, <laughs> 615-2511, but they have to dig it. How deep do you have to go down when you're trying to eradicate the snowberry in a certain area of your your um, pasture or yard. I mean, I've gone down three feet. How do I have to go down four feet? Somebody said go down to the knuckle. Yeah, no, no, two or three, like a foot or two is usually lots. Um, and and just but they are there's a lot of root system and they are a native variety so when you got hardy. yeah and the, <laughs> and they've spread lots so you it's not only the one you're digging out it's the one beside it right so that it's it's a and especially the the native ones once they're yeah. inundated but I yeah. know I got them on the side of my house and man they're just gorgeous like get those big white berries and uh, man oh man they're nice. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to become selective as to where they're supposed to grow. Yeah, no, and, and they can get away on you. Yeah, um, for sure. Especially the native varieties. And uh, so that's, yeah. it. Just, just dig out and prune out where you don't want them and, and just try and constant, contain them. Constant. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay, good enough. Thank All you. Right. I'm going to do a silver roundup or collect, get rid of the, like, right down to yeah you could use the roundup down. on that just but i would dig out the spot like i wouldn't go right close well to, we dug out about 30 feet for yeah you'll be fine then you could just use roundup on there if it's coming up to spray that area with roundup and you should be good yeah okay All right. have a great day and love your show by the way thank yes. you so much i appreciate okay. it bye-bye okay. bye-bye Bye. All right, I think I missed my 940 break, so we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. And if you'd like to join me, I do have some spots open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are both the talk and text line if you want to send those in. I know last week I missed a couple of texts as we had a crazy busy week and uh, we had a bit of a malfunction at the junction partway through. So, but uh, we're all on track today. We got a new text system, text system. So uh, figuring that out, but it seems pretty easy. It's called text groove. So, hey, it's pretty good. All right, let's go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. All right, Sylvia is listening on the radio. She should be here in a couple seconds, hopefully. And uh, maybe not. And uh, I will maybe just put her on hold and I'll go up to Gloria. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, I two things. Um, my cherry tree, a couple of them, have um, a black kind of um, syrupy stuff that comes out of them. And then the <clears throat> branch dies. Yeah, it's it's called globosa. It's a it's a bit of a it's a disease or it's a fungus that gets into them. Um, basically, I would try and and it's when they get they get too wet, they emit the moisture out through their through some of the 
old branch where they were cut and things like that. And it kind of looks like, like you were saying, but just more of a goop, almost a big thick sap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, you can treat it with a fungicide. You can use, um, uh, like the copper spray, the Bordeaux on it as well. Um, some of that stuff is just try and keep it a little bit drier and let it go through its cycle. And then hopefully next spring it'll grow out of it. But if, if the branch has totally died, like, and you'll tell by if the bark has changed color, sometimes it just loses its leaves that season and then comes back next year. Oh, okay. So it, it is a nasty one on some of our cherries that gets into them. Was it like an Evans or one of those ones? No, it was, I think it was the Cupid. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they, they they all get it, and it's typically when we've had too wet of a season, which we've had this year, so it might be in a little bit of a wet spot as well. So, You know, it's really hard to tell whether whether they're wet enough or dry or whatever. It's, it's really crazy. Yeah, it is. And and actually, you know what works good is even just our moisture meters that you can get for your house plants and things like that. Yeah. Just stick those in, because typically our soil, if it's wet on top, um, that that'll tell you that if it's too wet because yeah. if you want it to soak in and with our heavier clay you just don't want it too wet up top so if it's wet on the top um you're good unless it's newly planted um then you definitely want to do your slower deep watering so okay yeah and is it in the middle of your lawn or is it no it's it's uh next to my garden my vegetable garden mm-hmm. and is it full sun um yeah pretty okay. much okay yeah that's yeah. Yeah, just try to, uh, like I said, unless you have mulch or something, or just just try and a little less water on our cherry trees as they grow bigger. So okay, all right. Well, can I just ask one more question? Sure, of course. Um, I have a crab apple tree, and it was just gorgeous this summer. It it like this spring, it blossomed. Yep. It was beautiful, and then we had a hailstorm, mm-hmm. and then I and then I noticed that some of the branches were a funny color, and. And the apples on that particular branch were were small and funny looking, and so I pruned all those bad branches out of the the tree. Yeah, is that what I was supposed to do? Um, if if the, if there's lots of damage right on the bark, absolutely. Because if it's chewed up the some of the bark, especially on your apples, it's not a bad thing to do. And uh, and then that way it'll ensure because they can get fire blight and some diseases fairly easy if there's lots of wounds on them. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing you did. So okay, it's just as long as you leave, do proper pruning, don't leave stumps on them. Like just get up like within one or two centimeters of the collar. Like you'll see a little line right where the branch right. reaches, and just if you go like a centimeter away from that, nice clean cut, and that way you can heal properly. Okay. Alrighty. Can I ask one more question? Sure. Actually, I'm just going to put you on hold because I'm just at the point where I got to take my one little break here. All right. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back. I'm going to go to the phone line and finish our chat with Gloria. Hi, Gloria. Hi. Thank you. No worries. Um, is this a bad year for Brussels sprouts? Actually, for the most part, it's been pretty decent. I've seen some on some of the 
Facebook gardening forums and things like that, some big ones. And I know the ones we did at our global gardening, we got quite a few Brussels sprouts on, on the plant we did. We just did one in there. But we were fairly loaded up with it, so it was actually a pretty decent year for them. Mine, t- it was weird. They they opened up like a flower. Yeah. Like they were all leaves instead of round balls. Um, Did you feed them at all? Um, no. Okay. Um, but, but I have really fertile soil, though. Yeah, which is good. But you just want to ensure, too, you just don't want to have too much nitrogen either. So sometimes if you have too much compost, too much of that, good. Oh. Like, you end up putting too much, and then it's all nitrogen, and it just forces tons and tons of foliage. So it grows right through that flowering stage, which is still... You want to just use, like, I like using the Groundskeeper's Pride or the Evolve um, fertilizer. You just mix it right into the soil. And it's a, this is a higher middle number. It's like eight four five is a good one. Um, even our lawn fertilizer, like the sixteen thirty two six, is a good one to mix right in the soil. And you just don't want to push too much, right? Okay. So and that because then it just bolts. They they were huge. Yeah. No, they, that you got too much. Garden. Yeah, you have too much nitrogen. Uh, so too 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 much compost, too much of that kind of stuff. Do you take the leaves off and just leave the ones on the top? Um. Typically, no. Um, you, I would t- I would cut the more of the top off, like just to stop it from going further up. Once oh. you get to a point where where it's where it's loaded with the with the Brussels sprouts, okay. and then just to slow it down, just so that we can focus on filling out your Brussels sprouts. Okay. All right. We have we have weird soil. Some places it's really great, and other places you can't make anything grow because I think uh, we have to. Sometimes people and people tend to add too much combos, and I, I a lot of times I like just to add our like just a good potting soil or the like the cocoa moss, and, and then add smaller amounts like sea soil and smaller amounts of the compost because if you get it too rich or too much manure, it just there's just too much there for it to just go and you can't really control it. Yeah. So, anyways, that's okay. All right. Thank Killed you it with so, kindness. so much. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. All right, I'm going to go to Wayne. Hello. Hey, Wayne. Hey. How are you? Good. So I grew up on the in the in the middle of Alberta, and my dad always said to to never dig potatoes till the till the tops uh, freeze off. Yeah. Because the skins get thicker. Yeah. So guess what happened this year? <laughs> I haven't dug them yet. Yeah. Is that going to hurt them? No, for the most part, and a lot of times, and not that you really want sweet potatoes, but unless you plant sweet potatoes. <laughs> no, they're healed good, though. Yeah, which is great. No, you'll be fine, and uh, they'll just be down there. And the only thing you maybe missed out is and if you dig a little earlier is you get some of those small baby potatoes, which are real nice. So. Yeah, well, I dug some of those earlier. Okay, but... good. Yeah, you don't want to miss out on those. Okay, well, I just thought I yeah, would... No, uh, the ground won't be frozen or anything like that. Just don't leave them in there too long. Oh. And some of the carrots and beets, some of them, they can take it a little longer than your potatoes. Yeah. So you should be good to go. Appreciate your help. All right, thanks, Wayne. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And, uh, yeah, this time of year, I know a lot of people, I've seen people asking what to do with the, with their veggie garden. For the most part, if you're able to bring your tomatoes in, things like that, bring them inside um, for the next couple of days. Because, like I said, October still looks pretty good. Um, and some of your flowers will be fine. Like, a lot of times your petunias, your dusty millers, um, your cabbage, things like that, they can take this. But if you did purchase new garden mums, bring them inside. Um, especially tonight is the really cold one. It's going down to minus 10, which is uh, it's pretty cold. So you definitely want to bring them in on that one. 
And then right after the break, I'm going to go to Sylvia just so you can be prepared. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's the Garden. There is lots of cold, icy songs out there, and uh, Brian is definitely pulling up the best of the best. And right now I'm going to go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Oh, good morning. Sorry I missed you. That's okay. Around. That's okay. Uh, okay. Um, I've got a couple of mandevilla yep. plants. I've had them outside all summer, and they're nice. beautiful. Absolutely. Gorgeous yeah, plants they're outside. gorgeous. And I just wondering, can I bring them in and use them as a house plant? Absolutely. Typically, what you want to do though is just either give them uh, a spray of uh, insectile soap or pure spray green, just to ensure that there's no uh, um, spider mites or anything like that on them when you're bringing them in the house. But yeah, you typically find. Um, did you have them in a planter or were they own? Yeah, individual? they were in a pot. Uh, pot. And there were two or three other kind of plants in there. I'm going to. Um, yeah, they maybe, look like they're really rooted. Like yeah. So did, so what you can do is just. Cut right down into the pot and cut the mandevilla out individually yes. and then transplant them into like an 8 or a 10 inch pot and right. then they'll make a great house plant over the winter. Right. Any special requirements for the soil? Um, I would just use a, a good all-purpose potting mix, um, like our, our spruce it up mix is great. We have a tropical plant mix as well. Um, just 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 a soilless mix. It's, a, it's a, just called a potting soil. Right. Yeah, those are well, the best for those. All right. All right. Okay, well, that, that's lots of help for me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, and typically you don't want to use your garden soil or, or any of the heavy soils that uh, for your house plants. Um, they they like a nice light fluffy soil. Um, I've seen so many plants planted in into the heavy soil, and uh, and it, they just don't like it. They just don't perform well, and uh, so you're just much better off going into a nice soilless mix. And I got a I got a text from Scott. It says, "Good morning, Merle. North side of the house will need replacement. I'm considering using gray or black gravel instead of." the black mulch as it get washed away. Is there any downside to using gravel over bark mulch as far as columnar aspens and nine bark? The only issue is a little bit is it's a little harder to clean up and it doesn't hold as much moisture. So um, I do find that if you use the natural colored bark mulch, it does weave itself together a little bit better because typically the black mulches or the colored mulches are made from recycled lumber and what they've done is they've chewed up old two by fours and two by sixes or whatever and construction materials and new um, lumber that just wasn't good enough to make the grade to be used in the stores and so it's more of a it's a chunk of mulch rather than um, the brown mulch which comes from a natural a mulch and it weaves itself together. So th- that's really the only thing, Scott. Is uh, like I said, it, it is a nice look though in the gravel. Um, either the black rundle. I know we we've done it. And and if you're using mulch, don't put fabric underneath. Then that's a mistake a lot of people do, especially if you're in a windy spot, because it tends to blow off the mulch. And you want to let it stick to its soil. It'll it'll make its own. It'll if you put it right on top of your soil, this it'll, it'll stick there and create its own weed barrier. Um, so that might be another thing that if you've if you've put mul- or uh, fabric underneath your mulch. It just, it'll blow away and wash off. So give that a try, and hopefully that will help you out. And right now, I'm going to go to Jean. 
Good morning, Jean. Oh, good morning. And uh, uh, it's a lovely morning. I'm looking at it, a beautiful blizzard. Yeah, it's actually not bad if you're sitting inside and you don't have to go out. It's it's a well, nice... Well, I was out to do my chores. Oh, nice. But I have a, 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 a hundred or so big, great big spruce trees. Yep. Huge things. I've only been here 12, 13 years. Oh, nice. But So I don't know. Uh, they weren't very big when I got here, but they're huge now. I, I have only done deep watering in the fall. Yeah. But I'm looking out today, uh, or this last few months, and one, one uh, that was dying from the top, and it's about a third down. Okay, right from the top? Right from the top. You know, yeah, it did start- it sort of curl over? Go what? Did it sort of curl over like a cane on no, the very top? No, it's just going straight straight down standing straight up uh because typically if it's from the top it's a lot of times it's a weevil um that gets in there it's a little <laughs> bug looks like a maggot it gets in early spring when the new growth comes out when it's soft uh-huh. and it gets in there and it eats the spruce trees from the inside out are you able to text a picture to the same phone number i don't know if you text or not if you could text me a picture to the same phone number i can have a look at it that might be an easier or if you need to call our Arborist, you can give Mark a show to prune it up down at the garden center, and he can come out and have a look. Well, I'm an hour south of you. Oh, okay. But uh, I know uh, they go as high as High River, and and depends how far it is. But yeah, if there's somebody down in your town, call an arborist, and hopefully they can come have a look for you. Right, uh, and then there's another one further down that the there's two big ones where the the needles are turning uh, yellow uh, on the branches from the inside of it. Yeah, on the inside, you're totally fine. That's a natural process. I mentioned it earlier, too, like especially in the pines and the spruce tree, it'll turn sort of a bright yellow on the inside. And and coniferous trees, they will do that. They go through a cycle sort of every two or three years where they'll drop a set of needles off, and that's just a normal process. So what it's doing, it sends those needles down into the ground, and that helps protect it from bugs because it makes it like the prickly. So try not to clean it up too much underneath your spruce tree. Leave the needles because then that helps protect it from those weevils and different things that will crawl up into it. Right. No, I, I hardly do anything. I okay. like things natural. Yeah, nice. Does water in good? Uh, no, there's, but there's uh, no worry about... Um, if, fertilizing or anything because I got so many trees I don't really yeah fer- I don't fertilize anything yeah it does help if you can fertilize like a thirty ten ten um, or you could just put a granular fertilizer that you can just sprinkle underneath it uh-huh. um, that's helpful. Um, but I would get that weevil looked at the top of that tree because it, it can dig down and, and end up chewing out your whole tree. Are they the blue spruce? No, uh, well, there is the odd blue spruce, okay. but most of them are just the basic okay. Colorado or yeah. whatever. But um, uh, uh, now, can can I spray those we- weevils? No, it has to be cut out um, oh. or injected because they're right in there. It's a systemic; like they're right in the right in the tree. They're in the bark. They're in there. Like they're little maggots, and they chew. They eat it from the inside out. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, I'll give it a try anyway. Dan, thank you. I enjoy your show. Thank you so much. I'm usually in church, but but we, it was canceled this morning. Okay. Well, you get to listen to me then. The roads. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And uh, and if you do miss the show or if you need to go to church, you can catch us on all the all the podcasts on the Apple, the Spotify's, the Android. We're we're available on all of your all of your podcasts. So if you if you want to listen to shows, you you can subscribe to that. And uh, by all means, 
And we got some more pictures from Lethbridge. They're, they like sending me pictures today. Yuck. That's all I got. Yuck. <laughs> I agree. And, uh, and, uh, and that's nasty stuff out there right now. I just had a question about your Pure Spray Green. Can I use it on houseplants for spider mites? I've used a few different brands of insects. None. Absolutely. The Pure Spray Green works great for, for spider mites. And the nice thing is with it, you don't have to rinse it off compared to some of the of the insecticidal soaps. So this one you can leave on, um, which is nice. And it is a... It's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil made by Suncor here in in Alberta. So it's a good uh, local Canadian product. Been used commercially all over the world, uh, more so in the in the cut flower industry and the wineries have used it because it's great. It works as a as a fungicide as well for powdery mildew and whatnot. But uh, anyways, I'm going to move on. And if you'd like to join me, I do have some spots open on on the phone board. You can call me at four zero three nine seven four eight. Two five five or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero, and that is the talk and text line. But right now, I'm going to go to Ken. Good morning, Ken. Morning. How are you today? Good. Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Well, she's a she's a morning. Abso- absolutely, it is what it is, right? <laughs> See, I got a couple pear trees from you a few quite a few years ago, and this nice. year they they really produced. Nice. So of course, I went out and picked them last night, and I got five-gallon pailful. They're almost the size of a, of a tennis ball. Yeah. They're really sweet right now, but will they ripen if I spread them out down in my coal room? Or um, are they, a- they, they will ripen. The pears ripen better on the branch, but when we do get to that minus 10, I, I think you did the right thing. Um, you don't want to end up with mush. But if they're already quite sweet, I think you'll have a, a, a very good opportunity for them to, to ripen. And uh, just put them in a, in a cooler, darker place. Sort of what you're talking about, and uh, they should ripen up nicely. Okay, yeah, because they're just splendid right now, and I was hoping they would turn out to be a softer pair. So yeah, we're... and that's the problem. Like sometimes, and we didn't have the heat this year quite enough to push them. But it sounds like he had some good size on them, though. Was, yeah. was it the John pair or the Paul pair? Do you remember what variety you got? Yeah, no, I wrote it down somewhere where I wouldn't forget it, and now uh, I love that. You can like you can grow. People are always amazed. They come into the tree lots and they they see the a full size pear in, in Calgary. They think, like, wow. And so yeah. pear, pears do really well here. They're they're very similar. And same with the apples. There's so many nice yeah. apples that you can grow here. So yeah, I got a couple apple trees, and some of them are these size of tennis balls. Like yeah, no, there's beautiful. Yeah, there's Hardy Max. There's lots of great great apples that you can grow. So sometimes. I, I, the crab apples have their place, but man, you yeah. can grow real stuff. So you just you're better yeah. off growing some nice uh, some nice fruit that you can actually harvest and you can eat. So yeah, it takes a few years to get them there, but once they're there, they produce really well. Perfect. Thanks, Ken. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye bye. All right, and uh, and I, it it is so nice, especially when we're trying to. Uh, utilize our, our growing season and if you get the right products and you plant them in the right spot um, you can definitely grow some really really nice um, plants and and I also got a message do I need to harvest my cannabis plants pl- prior to the hard freeze concerned about the night trans- nitrate transfer to, into the bud I would definitely harvest my cannabis plants if I had some growing outside I don't have any growing outside but if I did I would pull them up before the the freeze on them, and uh, and pull them out of the ground. Because right now, and there's also people going around looking to uh, harvest them 
without them being theirs at this time of year. I seen that on the news the other day. Um, right now, a lot of people are going to looking for uh, to harvest your bud plants from you um, without them being theirs. But right now, I'm going to take a quick break and uh, return. Got a few people on the phone lines, which is great. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Stuck Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center. We are Calgary's trusted full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered and pretty excited in the prune it up part of our company. We've expanded. We've uh, purchased another bucket truck. So we're going to have two 60-foot bucket trucks out on the road and plus another chip truck and our fertilizer truck. So uh, proud to be a locally owned um, tree service pruning company here in Calgary and uh, to be able to service you. So uh, thank you so much and uh, for all your things and uh, supporting us and we're able to grow and, uh, and have some great um, certified arborists working on our team, which is nice. So um, proud to be part of that and, uh, and looking forward to uh, getting our truck loaded up, the new one, and get it out on the road and, uh, and do some pruning. So anyways... Uh, I'm just, it's nice, and I'm part of it, a locally owned uh, pruning company that we're, we're growing and expanding and uh, trying to, uh, to to get more people into that business as well. We're, we got a couple of younger guys that we're training up as well, and they were talking about trades earlier on the Alberta morning show, or uh, I mean on the Alberta, yeah, the morning show just before mine with Kevin Usselman there, and it, it is hard. It's hard to get the trades guys. And uh, so these are all great careers for, for young guys and girls and, and people, um, plumbers, arborists, um, all kinds of different things, gardeners, landscapers. It's uh, We're going to need those. As we all know, uh, the toilets are going to need to flush and the lights are going to need to go on. So without those people, we're going to be in trouble. And uh, we can't all fix everything on the computer. So... Let's go to Don. We're going to talk a little bit of grass issue. Good morning, Don. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm doing very well. How well, can we I? got a little snow up in Red Deer. Yeah, we got a little snow here in, in Calgary, too. Actually, it's just started. I'm just looking out the window now. It's getting heavier and heavier. So It's just going to happen. It is what it is. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and my lawn problem, in the spring we aerated and we thatched and we fertilized and we had beautiful growth. And couldn't hardly keep it up with the mowing. And then about a month ago, we started to have little patches of brown about the size of dinner plates. And they were random, just all over the... the yeah, lawn. I've seen lots of that. And it's typically the cinch bug. Um, it's getting in there and uh, and it just they eat the, the grass um, from the, around the root system. They're down in the roots. Oh. And they, they eat the grass, and it sort of they die off in those little patches. Um, so you can use a couple sprays on them, like a pure spray green or or a malathion or ambush or something next spring. Um, you won't have to worry about now, unless it warms up here and it melts good and you can see in there. And if you dig down and you can see some little bugs, giving them a spray. Mm-hmm. But it's important with your fertilizer, too. Try and find one with a higher middle number. I know a lot of the box store stuff is this that 3204. But if, you, if you're able to get the healthy root system, it'll recover way quicker against the cinch bug. And 
because when you're just fertilizing up top, there's nothing for the roots to recover. So if you are using the 16326, the green it up fertilizer, you're able to recover a lot quicker. All, All right. right. Number again? 16326. You want a high middle number. Um, typically, you won't find it at really any of the box stores and that, but if you, uh, some of your, your, your local gardens there might have something, or if you're down in Calgary, you can come see us at Spruce It Up. Sure. All right? Well, thanks very much for the help. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of that going around this year. So, again, let's uh, let's all try to work together and eradicate those those cinch bugs. But let's go to Jack. Good morning, Jack. Morning. How can I help you? I love your show. Thank you so much. I love doing it. I just talked. I heard you talking to a lady about her spruce trees. Yep. And uh, the needles turning yellow and falling off. Mm-hmm. And if it's in the center. Typically, Jack, you're okay. Yeah, I, 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 hear, I heard that. I have a purple needle drop problem. Okay, is it mainly on the outside? Yes. Yeah. Um, some of that can be a bit of a fungus. Could be a needle cast, but a lot of it is, if it's from last winter, it's just from being freeze-dried as well. Like we had that really long, extended um, minus 30, minus 40 type cold that we had, yeah. and with it being really dry over last winter... It, it 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 did freeze dry a lot of the needles. Oh, did okay. you get new growth this year though? After yeah, yeah, yeah. the tree looks healthy now. But, yeah, it it'll grow through it. So just ensure that you water really good here in the fall. Yes. So and then you should be totally fine, Jack. If you like, you said just give it a really good hosing down, and then going into October once a week, give it a really good soaking around the drip line, and then next spring fertilize with thirty ten ten. Like give it a really good shot of fertilizer, and then it'll help this grow right through that. Thirty ten ten. Yep. Great. One other other thing. Yep. I also have a problem with the uh, my uh, birch leaf miner. I, yeah. I told me that was what the problem was. Yep. I've got uh, there's streets in Calgary all over the place where you can see the remnants of birch. Yeah. It it's so. And unfortunately, what they've done is they've taken away any of the products that we can use, unless you call like our prune it up team that we can come out and do an injection on it. Okay. Um, so what we do is we inject a, a systemic insecticide into it that will look after the birch leaf miner. Mm. So what you can do is you can call the store and get that booked up for next spring, and uh, we'll be sure to get your birch leaf miner looked after. But again. Um, deep fertilizing with the birch tree as well, and also they love Rage Plus. Like they just seem to they there's something in the Rage Plus that really responds really really well with the uh, with the birch. Rage Plus. Yeah, it's a type of organic fertilizer. Um, it's a seaweed based product, but birch trees especially, I've I've seen almost the best results um, from a birch tree when when I'm using the Rage on them. So. Oh, great. All right, Great, and uh, yeah, that's about all you can do. And I and I agree. It's a it's a hard one. I see that around a town a ton, sure. and uh, it's just a lot of it's just lack of water and yep. and unfortunately the lack of the proper chemicals to look after those. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Jack. Bye. Bye. All right, I need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Ice, ice, baby. All right, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, didn't realize again, Brian, there's so many of these nasty ice songs. What's going on? 
Um, I actually got a text, and actually it's a good one. I noticed powdery mildew on my perennials. Do I wait until spring to deal with it? Actually, right now you can do a fair bit. If you have an effect with heavy bugs or the red lily beetle or fungus, things like that, do a really good cleanup on your foliage. Get rid of all that, throw it into compost pile, get rid of it. If you leave it in the ground and to decompose there, typically the fungus will be there again. And so I would definitely do a really good cleanup. I know I've mentioned a few times that to procrastinate in the fall, but um, depends if, if everything's nice and healthy, that's totally fine. But if you're dealing with, with things like that, I would definitely um, clean it up really good. And then that way you won't have that same problem. And if you do have it next spring, Pure Spray Green is a great product to use on your perennials. It looks after aphids and it also will help with the powdery mildew as well. And you should be good to go on that. And right now I'm going to go to the phone lines and I'm going to chat with Jeline. Good morning, Jeline. Good morning. Did I say your name right? Jeline. Jeline. There you go. Thank you. Um, I'm calling from Lethbridge. Okay. We have over a foot of snow and more Aye. coming. Um, fortunately, I got my potatoes out. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm wondering, why do potatoes mush up when they're boiled? Um, there's some that are better for boiling, and typically sometimes if you maybe just boil them a little bit too long, um, they'll go mushy on you. And there is certain varieties that the, some are better for baking, some are better for boiling, and some are better for French fries and things like that. So, But typically I find if they're the highly starchy one, then they, they can... Uh, if you boil them just that little bit too long, they just almost disintegrate in the pot? I've tried them both ways. I've grown Yukon Gold for yeah. the last 10 years or more. And are you buying new seed potatoes every year? or do I you... do. Okay, yeah. And this is the first year I've had them where they're mushing up. And I've tried cold water. I've tried lukewarm water. I've tried less water. Um, they start mushing before they're even cooked through. Um, have you tried baking them? No, I haven't. Maybe, like I said, maybe those ones will be better off if you just bake them. And uh, or is the skin real light, like a real, like a yellow, real thin, or is it thicker? It's quite thin. Yeah. See, those ones, and those usually boil pretty decent. Um, well, I've never had this trouble, yeah. like I say, with yeah. on gold, and they've I've always boiled them, and. This is the first year where I'm having trouble, and they were grown in uh, soil that was uh, sort of summer followed one year. There was nothing in there, and before that, there was raspberries mm-hmm. in there, and we just dug all the twigs and everything into the soil and left them a year, and then these potatoes are gorgeous. They're just huge potatoes, but like I say, they're mushing up when I'm boiling them. Yeah, um, if anybody has any tips on this, um, please share them with us because um, I'm, I'm wondering too because I know I've had it happen a couple times but never consistently and typically it's happened when I've left it on, on the pot too long oh, and then I go oh. in and then it's also, uh, that seems to affect yeah. it a bit. Um, yeah, I'm just sort of trying to read a couple of things as well. So making sure that you salt the water before you, before you do it, that helps with it a bit too. Yes, I do um, that. Yeah. 
So, like I said, hopefully, do you cut your potatoes up into cubes before you do it, or do you put no, them in? No, I cut them in uh, bigger. Yeah. Bigger. Like a potato, I'd cut into four pieces. Yeah, so on a couple of the things I'm looking at, um, they're saying it, it's actually bet like they find the better results if they, they cut them up into cubes, but that's, that's just, I think, here or there. I think I boiled them wholly. I boiled them in pieces, and sometimes they work out well. But I, um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Like I said, if, if hey, anybody well, has I've any... heard of this problem before from other people years ago, but I couldn't remember yeah, what. Yeah, and I don't know. So I know uh, maybe Cass Mythe, she's texted me a little bit earlier on a couple other things. Uh, maybe she can uh, either phone in or if she has any thoughts on that, please Good. share. If there's anybody else that knows. I know we have a wealth of information out here, and uh, I I don't know everything. I like to help out as much as I can, but there's you do some a good things. Job. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. But I, if I on some of these, we definitely need some help. So I'm going Maybe out into the know. Let's Start Gardening atmosphere here and see if we can get some help. All okay, right. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks, Jillian. Right. Bye bye. All right. And uh, right now, I'm going to go to Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, Merle. How's it going? Good. Good. How are you? Pretty good. I just got a question of my pumpkins and squash. Do I yeah. have to go get them, or are they going to be okay? Um, no, they they're going to freeze. I would I would pull them in. This minus ten. Um, otherwise, you're going to have pumpkin mush out there. <laughs> okay. And you'll uh, probably even if this minus, I know the leaves. Um, a lot of the melons and and those type of things they can't take very little frost. So you're probably gonna you'll notice that the foliage is probably going to die off. Especially tonight, the minus 10 is, is too cold. Um, so try and cut off. I, I was actually out in uh, Ontario and uh, in BC where, and sometimes they cut the vine. If you have a nice big heavy vine, they're leaving a log on them, like a, so a, like a two or three foot vine on them. It looks pretty cool. Oh, what does that do? Uh, it just adds to the thing. Depends what you're using your pumpkins for. If you're using them for decor, if you're gonna harvest them to eat, or it just it just adds a little bit of of a feature to it. That's all. Oh, okay. Yeah, something something Ready. different. I guess I'll roll up my sleeves and get out there. Yeah, or what are you are you using them mainly for for to harvest them to eat or? Uh, the uh, the squash I do. Yeah. But the- Pumpkins normally, I just let them go orange and then give them to the kids for Halloween. Yeah, no, so you definitely want to pull them in. That said, that minus 10 is that one that just, if we do get that cold, I don't think it's going to get quite that cold, but if we do, um, the pumpkins and those squashes and stuff will definitely not uh, not fare very well. Okay. All, All right. right. I'll roll up my sleeves and get out there. All right, Dwight. Enjoy. Maybe make snowman while you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enjoy. Maybe a snow angel. Absolutely. Have some fun while you're out there. Thanks, yeah, Dwight. Bye bye. That's what I'll do. Perfect. Thanks. Yeah. Bye bye. All right, and uh, I got to take a break right now. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are open. We got a few spots: four zero three nine seven four eight two five five or one eight hundred. 563-7770 and that is the talk and text line but right now I'm going to take a quick break you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening I know I chuckle every time I hear the snowy songs I thought we were going to play Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer but uh I'm sure. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Too early. It's too early for that. 
Too soon. Too soon. Let's go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi. Hey, how can I help you? Yeah, I have a, about a two-foot-long planter. Yep. That's got full of geraniums, and they're about uh, almost two feet high. We've had them for three or four years. I was just wondering what I'd do with them about cutting them back or yeah. flatten them for next year. Yeah, what it, what you can do if you want to, to separate them, I'd cut a third off the top right now and clean off any of the dead foliage in that. Okay. And then you, it looks like you'll have some with no leaves on them in that, but if you take a third off top and then put them each into their individual pot. Oh, right now, eh? Yeah, before the freeze. And uh, and so you sort of just go through, like, even if you just have an old bread knife or something, you can just cut through the soil to separate the individual plants in the big planter. Right. Just sort of cut them out and then transplant them into with new soil, cut a third off the top, and then you'll you'll get a bunch of new growth. And then as you get into November, December, they'll grow nice. And then if you want to cut them back a little bit again in January, and then at, at that time, you'll get new growth coming up in February, March, and then that's when you can take your cuttings if you want to at that time as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really, actually, they make a pretty decent house plant, but I always like to cut them back just to get the nice new growth in that. So. Okay, then. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and put it into, your, into the sunniest spot you have in your house. Yeah, I got them in a south window. Perfect. Perfect. And if the pot that it's in is big enough now, you can just leave it in there as well. But, it's about six inches square and about two feet long. Yeah, I think I would probably put them into some bigger ones. Like put yeah. them into an eight or ten inch pot each if you want them to last all winter. Oh, okay. All right? Yep, thank you. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, love uh, love doing geranium cuttings. And uh, it used to be one of my favorite time of year. Um, early, early spring, we would typically... Do all our we'd we'd save a bunch of our our big plants and those would be the ones we're going to take cuttings off. We put them into um, like a ten gallon pot and grow them in the greenhouse. And then early spring, like I said, that February March, we would take all our cuttings and then uh, and reproduce them and uh, and then we'd have a bunch going on for the springtime. All right, and right now I got a couple things there. We're going to go up to Kim. There's no. Um, there's no, uh, comments or any, good morning, Kim. Oh, you know me, I always have questions. Oh, there you are. Yeah, hey, Kim. Here I am again. So I have a question and it's about seed saving as I'm making an apple crisp because the weather is telling me to do that. So I had a girlfriend who had, it must've been a, an apple tree that was a tri-grafted apple tree and yep. they look like baby Max to me and they're almost yep. tart like Granny Smith. But if a person wanted to save seed off of that, do the, does it have to go in the cold, um, in the cool weather certification yeah, process? You can't really grow um, apple trees from seed here in, in Alberta. They need okay. to be grafted onto a hardy rootstock. Okay. Yeah. They just, um, the rootstock on some of the apples that we are growing here, like the hardy mags and things like that, they're yeah. just not, um, they typically need to be grafted onto a, onto a hardy rootstock. So that's probably why every one that my girlfriend grows me and she gives it to me when it's two inches tall and then it ends up dying. It's not hardy. Yeah, they're just, they don't have the hardy rootstock. So typically they're grafted onto a, a crab apple rootstock. Okay. And then, okay. and then they're able to withstand our winters. Okay. So that's question number one. Question number two is, um, I know about the geranium cuttings and whatnot. Can you do the same thing with um, an osteosperm? 
Um, yeah, you should be able to take cuttings off those as well. And just more on the new growth is what you want to do. Okay, and treat treat it as a house plant then, basically. Yeah, you can. Places. Yeah, no, you can definitely try those, and okay. uh, and this get probably those are fairly soft tissues, so you'd use a number one rooting hormone. Same with your yeah. same with your okay. geraniums. One more question: uh, begonia yeah. can it be brought in as a house plant? Does it, or does it have yeah, to go? No, it can be brought in. There is definitely like the Rex begonias. They're different nonstop ones that we sell as house plants as well. Yeah. Um, the only thing is you just got to watch the powdery mildew yeah. and the spider mites on them. Okay. All okay. right. Good. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Kim. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And uh, yeah, a lot of the plants you can bring in, but just make sure you do a good cleaning and typically transplant them. Because um, if they've been outside all summer, they've probably used up most of the of the moisture or all the nourishment in the soil as well. So you want to start fresh, get them some new soil, and and that way they'll produce. And there is nothing nicer than uh, and then having some nice geraniums or different things in the house throughout the winter. And just reminds you of spring if you have it out by the window. And when you look through the window, you see the your geranium blooms and uh, makes me makes it nice. It reminds me of uh, Stan Carver's place. I've stopped by there a couple of times over the winter when he's not traveling, him and his wife, and, and he has his window full of of, uh, of uh, orchids and then also some geraniums. And when we were planning a project for him a couple of years ago, so when I think of that, that's where that memory goes. But right now, I'm going to take a quick break. And if you'd like to join me on the last break, I do have some spots open. You can call me at 403-974-8255 or one 800 Five six three seven 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 zero, and uh, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and uh, if you are getting the snow there again, I'll mention do a little bit of that snow farming. Push the snow underneath your. Uh, underneath your eaves and things of that where the snow is maybe not hitting, save some of this moisture underneath your spruce trees, around your evergreens, any of those spots where that maybe look a little bit dry where the snow isn't, um, utilize the snow and, and push it into those dry spots and, uh, and then you should be good to It'll help get some moisture into the root because this will all melt, let's hope, <laughs> and, uh, and get the moisture into the ground. But right now I'm going to go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. How you doing, Mel? Good, good. How can I help you? I got a double blossoming plum bush, yep. and I'd like to I'd like to take it right down to the ground and start anew. Yep. Uh, is it better to do it in the fall or the spring? Um. Well, if you do it, actually, either one. Um. If it is there, just lots of deadwood on it, and just sort of not doing that well. No, it's actually doing great, but it's close to a public sidewalk. Oh, so okay. I thought if I took it down and started anew, someone was telling me to take it down yep. and then pick eight uh, eight growths and go from there. It yeah, might be a little... and then you can train it a little bit easier as well. When If you're starting from fresh, you can just shape it away from the sidewalk and stuff like that as well. And yep. that's my plan. I love hanging Christmas lights on it. Yep. So, so just wait till like- after Christmas. Like, trim it up now. Like, when, once all these leaves fall, just trim it up to, to make it walkable for the winter season. And then just um, early spring, like February, March, or whatever, just take it right down to the ground and make sure you give it a really good watering in the early spring and then fertilize, like, with a 20-20-20, and you'll just see amazing growth on it first thing. Okay. Okay, perfect. 
Rick, and one other quick you, one. The only thing is you won't get any blooms the first year. So you won't no, get blooms until no. next year. I figured I had to be patient with that. Yeah. Uh, is there anything I can do in the fall to attract ladybugs in my garden? Um, a lot of it is just leaving the foliage in there. And okay. uh, and this trying to because that and especially over the winter because that creates the little houses. That's another reason I don't like to do a bunch of cleanup in the in the fall. Like this, okay. even with the mower, I'll I'll take the mower and I'll just point my the blower. I'll take the bag off and then blow all the leaves off the lawn into the garden, and okay. and then that way you create those little houses for the for the ladybugs to and then don't clean up too too early in the spring. So okay. All right. Awesome, dude. You're great. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. And right now I'm going to go up to Gloria. Good morning, Gloria. Hi again. Uh-oh. How are you? <laughs> I'm sorry. No worries. Don't be sorry. I say minus 10. Yeah. I have the most beautiful dahlias. Yep. And will they, will the roots freeze? Um. Did they freeze last, like, how, how's the foliage looking today? I don't know. It, they're frozen. Yeah. So if you can dig them out today, just bring them into the garage. That minus ten, they should be fine in the ground. But you do like to get that first frost on your on your dahlias, and then that's typically when I dig them up. And these are the bulb ones, correct? Yeah. Okay. I I keep them year to year. Awesome. Yeah. So right after that, dig them up, um, knock a bunch of the soil off, just let them dry off, cut off the foliage. And I just let them dry really good for a week or so. And then I put them into a cardboard box or a cooler with either cocoa moss or peat moss or or the hemp product that we have. And that way, and I just put them in a cool, dark place for the winter time. And uh, you're good to go. Just make sure they don't freeze over the winter. Yeah, I was I was just concerned about the minus ten. Yeah, they should be fine in the ground because um, it's not it's it shouldn't go that deep. And uh, we should be fine. But if they've already frozen and done their thing, and if you're able to get out there and dig them up, um, it doesn't hurt to do it a little bit ahead of time. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, can I ask one more question? Sure. I have a, a, a gorgeous plum tree that isn't that old. It's only about five years old. Mm-hmm. But it's beautiful. It's a beautiful big tree. Yeah. And this year, it didn't it didn't leaf out or do anything. Um, yeah, it, it didn't no leaf at all. Well, it started to, tiny little leaves and stuff, but no plums, no blossoms. A lot of the heavy wood, like the hardwood, like the plums, the cherries, some of the fruit trees. And if it didn't get enough water last fall, they just they don't spit out. They're very susceptible to winter desiccation or that really freeze drying from that cold. So just ensure that you water it in really, really good this fall and then fertilize it. Like next spring, make sure you hit it like with a 15, 30, 15, like hit it once a week for the first five or six weeks in the summer. 15, 30, 15, as soon as you start seeing it, as soon as the ground's starting to thaw and you start seeing a little bit of bud growth, hit it with, uh, make sure you start fertilizing. Okay. You think it'll come back? You very well have a good shot at it. And uh, if as long as there was growth on it all the way up, you should be fine. It just, they, they, I've seen plums are nasty that way. They do get the freeze dried on them and they're one that um, winter desiccation affects them really, really hard. Well, we, we didn't have the, we live in the country 
and we didn't have the good water, the canal water. Yeah. And so we used pond water, which has a lot of sodium in it. Yeah, that's not good for them either. So try and get some rainwater. Well, or... this year it's fine. Yeah. We're but fine this, this year. this fall, water being really good. If we get a dry October, just make sure it gets watered in before the solid frees up. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right. And Lois and Larry, I'll take you guys offline. And uh, as we are out of time, and thanks for, for thanks for joining me today on Let's Talk Gardening. And be safe out there if you're traveling, listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.